guys, welcome to Talk of Fame. You are in for a real treat today. We've got stories about Mariah Carey, Beyonce, Whitney Houston, dinners with the cast of The Sopranos, and so much more, all coming from one of my all-time favorite people, six-time Emmy Award-winning TV personality, Sukanya Krishnan. Suki currently hosts a plethora of shows, including Fine Love Live on TLC and 90 Day Fiance Love Games on Discovery+. Plus. She can also be seen on the hugely popular Suki and Scott show weeknights at 7.30 on Facebook Live, where yours truly is a frequent guest. Now, in this episode, Suki tells me about the intimate 4 a.m. moment she shared with Dave Chappelle just before he went missing, the time a world-famous rapper helped get her into the hottest club in New York City, and how her lactating on television led to her very first stalker. You heard me right. And as always, stick around until the end of the show because I'm going to read celebrity encounter stories submitted to us by you guys. So sit back and relax. This is Sukanya Krishnan. Hey, Suki, how are you? Well, what's going on? Looking good as always. Oh, I'm just trying to keep up with you. If you think I'm looking <laughs> good, if you think I'm you seem like you have it all together. I don't know oh, if really? you do. And you're always talking about how busy you are. Are you like the duck in the pond where it just looks smooth and calm on the surface, but underneath you're just paddling? Oh, no, that, and nothing looks smooth and calm. I mean, ask my husband. He's always like, you're not organized. And you're, you know, <laughs> so the blame game goes this way in our family. But, but you he's know, within it, the home, outside of the home. It just seems like right now, like you always look good. You're always smiling. You're always I just uh, feel like you're not stressing. Listen, if you don't smile, you cry. So uh, I'm not going to. <laughs> I didn't realize those. Listen, it's a juggling game, right? You know, career, kids, family. Can you have it all? No, you can't. And it, you know, always something has to give at some point. I hear you. I have no kids or careers. I don't know what to do. Neither do I right now. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I have to ask you about this because we were talking to Scott Stanford recently. Yes. And Scott said that when, because you guys, to me, I mean, there's like, there's Lucy and Ricky, there's Tom and Jerry. And there's Suki and Scott. So we're in between Lucy and Ricky and Tom and Jerry. Well, you know what? I was going to say like Sonny and Cher and like Gracie. What was it? George and Gracie. George and Gracie. You guys aren't married. So I wanted to throw the Tom and Jerry in there just as TV personalities. (laughs) And they have a new movie coming out. My nephews are, are checking it out or it's out already. Got it. So do you remember when you guys first met? Because Scott told me a story that you guys first met in the elevator after some kind of an award show. Maybe was it an Emmy thing or was it a dinner banquet? And according to Scott, you said to him what a huge fan of his you were. <laughs> he says he pretended to know who you were because he had no idea. And I wanted to know if, if you could verify this story or not. Do you have any recollection? I have no recollection. I have no that's recollection of it all. But see, that tells you how nice I am. <laughs> and then it just never comes back. No, no, Scotty. But I think my first meeting with Scotty was, I mean, like I knew him at Channel 4. And I knew that he was coming to do the nighttime gig and I was a morning show anchor. And I think we had met at some point during that. And he always, you know, Scott, he's just very light, funny, easy. And in a newsroom that was heavy at the time because of just 
because newsrooms can tend to get heavy. Right. He just added this breath of fresh air, which I appreciated. And also we have the same dirty sense of humor. So it's always good. Don't bring the kids near Suki and Scott when they're together. It's, uh, you know, <laughs> it's not, it is adult. But so I don't know what's worse. Scott not knowing who you were when you first met or you not even remember. I think you one upped him by not even remembering. The I don't even remember it. I mean, I feel like I've known him for a lifetime. It feels like that. Love Scotty. It's hard to have an ego though when you're hung like a raisin. So- <laughs> I don't know how it kind of, you know, I had to say that because after I sent you guys my- You're talking about a schmeckle right now? You're talking about a schmeckle? After I, after I sent you guys my Valentine's Day video, I was talking to Scott about this. You were kind of saying how much you enjoyed it. You had some very nice things to say about me. And then Scott immediately goes, yeah, but I heard he's hung like a raisin just to bring me down. But I had to get him back. Now- Suki, this show, Talk of Fame, is obviously about the concept of fame, celebrity, whether you're coming at it from the angle of a fan, whether you're coming at it from someone who gets recognized. I have to open with this because I'm not sure if you're aware of this, and this might be breaking news here. Did you know that you have a pervert stalker on YouTube? What's his name? I wasn't going to say his name because I didn't want to encourage Okay, no, no, no. Um, yeah, is he the one that, like, you know, takes pictures of my, like, Parts, body parts. Well, this guy has an account with like 1,500 followers. Oh my God. It's like S Stanford at something.com. <laughs> uh, Scotty, I think it might be Scott. And it's all of his videos that he posts are different attractive news women wearing what he considers sexy attire. So there's literally, because I was researching you. There's a I, lot of women. I, 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 I would up, love to see uh, that. You have to link it up to me. Well, it's a select group. I, I want to let you know, <laughs> he's only perverting on a few people. But for you, it's like, it's literally like Sukanya Krishnan, you know, leather pants and boots, Sukanya Christian, high heels and like tights. Listen, so I think what everything sort of happened was like in 2008 and 2008 was when I had my son. You know, I was pregnant in 2008. So, I mean, I am not your typical television babe. You know, I'm like five, nine. I'm, you know, and well, you're tall things, and beautiful. Were, that is things the typical. were like coming out in all different locations. And it's hard to be flat when you're really already there. Right. So this gentleman, I mean, I know vaguely of what it was because it started to annoy me because I'm like, ugh, just give me a break. Ugh, trying to find clothes. Ugh, trying to do this on TV. It's very hard. And you know, back then I felt like we didn't have a voice. Like we couldn't even counteract those people's videos that they were putting out there. Cause some right. of them were like, I think very damaging to my career. You know, I'm glad that now women are fighting back because a lot of that subjugation, I think is just, it's a little exhausting mentally for me right. anyway. But like, okay, first of all, I think you're nuts because you're like, oh, I'm not your typical TV babe. I'm tall, I'm oh. pretty, and I'm voluptuous. <laughs> Do you not know what men are, are into? Susan? But you know how television reads. If you're flat as a hanger, television reads beautifully. You know, it's, it's, you know, it's, but, it's, it's different. I mean, that's an example of you being a person of note and having someone like, you know, it's got to be a strange feeling. Have you ever had any encounters? I've had a great encounter. Yeah. We did a lot of meet and greets uh, back in the day. And one viewer... God bless her. She named her daughter after me. Really? <laughs> and I met a little baby Sukanya and it, she was so cute. I'll have to send you the picture. And there's a little baby. She was like, I just loved your energy. And I was pregnant with her and you'd always make me feel so good. And, and she named her daughter after me. And her name is Sukanya Jackson, I believe. Wow. I mean, it's pretty fantastic. And I met her, I met the little baby and I was just like, wow, that's incredible. You named a child after me. 
thought that was the most marvelous thing anybody could ever do. It used to be considered that. Now it's cultural appropriation unless they're Indian. <laughs> unless they're Indian, that woman has now lost her job. Her child is getting pelted with tomatoes. You're of Indian descent. You were born in India, am I correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm an immigrant to this country, yeah. Now, are you like huge in India? Do you visit? Is it like the Beatles going back to live? No, I mean, like, listen, my father's hometown and things like that. I mean, it's definitely, you know, somebody who did well and was able to get some recognition. You know, like, listen, not to get heavy, but like, it was hard trying to get a job back in 1993. You know, there were no Sukanya Krishnans and there were no lanes for somebody like me. Right. I mean, you basically checked the box and the box is basically Black, Hispanic and Asian. When I mean Asian descent, it really meant like, Chinese, Japanese, Korean. Right. You had to almost go above and beyond to sort of fit in in a newsroom that did not know who you were or even how to pronounce your name. Right. I mean, listen, uh, am I a big deal? Absolutely, yes. <laughs> Boom. I mean, there's like, you know, you are. Uh, I'm you know, the pride and joy of every South Asian family. You know, if they live, grew up in New York, they knew I who mean, I was. I got to tell you, this just dawned on me because. I remember once you told a story and I never really got the story. And was there something with you with breastfeeding on TV or something that you were talking about? Or something Oh, my God. That well, that was going back to that guy <clears throat> who has that inappropriate video. Was there video. a lactation issue or something? Well, I mean, like, listen, you got on TV at five o'clock in the morning right. and then you got off TV at nine. And for all those women who had breastfed. Tell us what it's like, Sue. It was like you would actually watch it over the hour, just sort of like become these beautiful <laughs> mountains and you know and i'm like oh my god i gotta breastfeed right now you know so yeah and that person actually put the video of like look at how big sukanya's boobs look this morning and it was like it wasn't that it were big it was just that i'm on tv from five o'clock to nine o'clock it was a lot of time not to pump you've been around celebrities for a long time even if it's a professional setting i just want to know Who is the celebrity in or out of a studio that you've met in your life that you were the most in awe of? Was there somebody that you were just like, wow, you got like that shaky feeling of, I can't believe I am meeting so-and-so right now. The one person I really got to know through a friend of mine, and really when I say on a personal level, like in their home, Mm. and several times I got to meet them was like when I was on The Sopranos, I ended up becoming really good friends with this guy named Jeff Marchetti. And Jeff Marchetti was like kind of like the gatekeeper to Jim Gandolfini and everybody like that. Right. And so, you know, like I would get invited to these crazy dinners where like when Sopranos was at the height, at the height of its superstardom, I would have like this entree into all of these celebrities and these, you know, like, you know, Lorraine Bracco. And it was just kind of crazy that you were like sitting there having dinner and you're like this. I mean, I wasn't even married, you know, like. I was like 31. I had no idea what I was doing. You know, Jim Gandolfini saying, you know, like he just knowing who you are, acknowledging you. It's pretty cool. I wasn't all with him because he was just so quiet and so like unassuming. But inside, he was just such a genius in so many ways. And that was kind of cool. I don't know. Who was I totally in awe with? I think when Destiny's Child, when the height, when they came in back in the day. Yeah. That was pretty cool. That was an interview. You had them on one of your shows or what? Yeah. Yeah. On the Pixel Level Morning News, we'd had Beyonce, you know, Kelly Rowland. We had a lot of people in the height. Dave Chappelle, Very before cool. he went missing, he came on the Pixel Level Morning News and like Did he you asked steal me. him? I mean, he literally rolled out of work like at night, like at two o'clock in the morning, kind of like three o'clock. I think it was like three or maybe it was four at that time because I was going on at five. 
So it was at four and I was standing outside with my cup of coffee and I usually, you know, bang on the elevator door, let me up. Dennis, the stage hand would come. What do you want? And then all of a sudden, like this guy comes up to me and, you know, it's four o'clock in the morning and he goes, hey. And I said, yeah. And I was like, holy crap, this is Dave Chappelle standing on a street corner with Dave Chappelle. Yeah. Oh my. He's like, is that the place I got to be at? And I was like, yeah. And he goes, all right. He's like, you mind if I smoke something? I was like, I don't give a crap. So we just actually stood there and had like a conversation outside on 2nd Avenue and 42nd Street. It was me and Dave Chappelle. And that was pretty cool. What was he smoking? Was it weed or was it a cigarette? I don't know. I definitely think it was rolled into something. I don't know. It was something. Well, did you? It was something. What did it taste like, Zook? I <laughs> had you feel afterward. Yeah, no, I didn't. But I was just like, I thought that was like a very cool moment that I I always remember it. It was like, you know, I'm like, that holy is crap, cool. I'm having a one-on-one 20 minute conversation with Dave Chappelle. When you say that you were out to dinner with like the Sopranos, I'm getting such like a real mob vibe. Cause I know a lot of those actors, they hang out with you know, certain guys who were connected, whether it's for the part or whether it's, you know, they just get to know these people. I've heard there ends up being a little bit of crossover. Did you ever feel hanging out with them? Did you feel like they were performers? No, no, no. I just love listening to like Vince Curtolo. He's really lovely with his wife, Maureen. We've become good friends. We've worked on several charities together. Steve Sharippa, you know, he's got like his uh, tomato sauce and he talks a lot about it. Yeah, but you never got the vibe like you were about to get whacked. Never. I'm from Staten Island. I'll (laughs) whack you before you whack me. Whoa. Hey, oh, (laughs) now, wait a minute. You grew up. And so I understand I was going to ask you who the first celebrity you ever kind of remember meeting is or was, but I know you went to school with a certain member of the Wu-Tang Clan. Am I correct? Yeah, yeah. Raekwon. And Um, Method Man too, right? No, 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 no. To clarify, not Method Man. I met him later on. You met Method Man I went directly to high school. Like I went to class with Raekwon. You guys actually went to class? Had or class, you hung yeah. out outside the locker. Did you guys actually go to class? <laughs> I don't know about that, but yeah, we went to class together. That's awesome. Did you ever keep in touch or what's the deal? No, never kept in touch or anything like that. In fact, uh, there was a club back in the day and I was standing outside of it. Couldn't get in, couldn't get in, couldn't get in. It was a club that you had to have a key to it. And I forgot what name it, what's the name of the club. A lot. 51? It's a lot something, lot 50 something. You needed a key. The cl- yes. Literally, you were allowed to get into the club if you yes. had a key. There wasn't like a yes. bouncer or something? Yes. There was a bouncer later on, but you had to have right. a key back in the day. Wow. It was one of those secret sauce sort of places. They don't exist anymore. Or well, maybe, maybe they, they do. do. We just don't have keys anymore, Suki. So wait, so, so you couldn't true. get in. So no, no, I couldn't get in. And all of a sudden this car rolls up and like, you know, and I'm standing out there and we, I lock eyes. I'm like, oh my God, I know this person. And then he's like, what's up, news lady? He recognized so you. He recognized me. I recognized him because he's part of the woo. Of course. And the woo put Staten Island Shaolin on the map. So, you know, <laughs> how do you not know each other? So, yeah, he was really great, got me in. And then the best part about him was that, I mean, he's such a gentleman that he gave me a ride home, like his driver got me home because he knew I had to work the early morning hours. I mean, this was like a Thursday night, you know, in New York City. And very cool. Back at work at like, you know, two or three. Nice. And the fact that he remembered that your first name was News Lady. <laughs> I think that 
You know, you don't know who's going to remember what from back in the day, but you knew right away. That's News Lady Krishnan. Exactly. People are going to be naming their kid like that one woman named her kid Sukanya. There's kids named News Lady after you now. So it's, <laughs> it's the circle of life, really. That's awesome. Street cred, Sopranos. Wu-Tang Clan. I'm not messing with you. Uh, I don't know. There's no street cred. It's just, you know, it's just called old. (laughs) (laughs) Who was the first celebrity? Do you ever remember like the first time you met somebody and it was just like, this feels cool. I'm seeing someone that I've seen on a screen or that I've listened to their records. Do you remember? I mean, like, I guess it was back in CBS when I had to do the Spice Girls world tour when they came to New York, (laughs) you know, when they were there with the double decker bus in New York City, you know. um, Oh, yeah, that's right. 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 So we got a chance to meet the Spice Girls. Like, What about before work? Was there like when you were just a kid? Like, did you ever come across anybody that was Um, taking a trip in the city when I was younger and I met Jennifer Aniston, who was my biggest crush. I got a picture with her. I was like 11 years old. Was there anybody you ran into as a kid that was just like, wow? Yeah. Billy Joel and Christy Brinkley, when they first got married, my dad and I were in an Italian restaurant in the East Village. And yeah, they were there at the other seat and they were like the it couple, you know, uptown girl. Of the course. whole thing. And there it was like, yeah, that was a good moment. Yeah. Suki, that is so huge for me because I mean, I'm from Long Island. Billy Joel is like, for me, like the Mount Rushmore, at least probably my three favorite musicians of all time. Typical millennial, Frank Sinatra, the Beatles and Billy Joel, <laughs> how that happened. But so Billy Joel, when you said you saw Billy Joel at an Italian restaurant, even better, right? Scenes from how, an Italian how restaurant. Yeah, exactly. And then with the Uptown Girl herself, my head's like about to explode. Yeah, that was definitely cool. That was definitely a cool thing. I don't know. My father used to take me to a lot of fancy restaurants and we still see a lot of really interesting people, like all the mayors, you know, back in the yeah. day, Dinkins, Koch. And I mean, that's not very exciting. Well, um, you know, it's still cool. I think back in the day with less media exposure, we felt like our political leaders were a little bit more admirable than now where we just like are looking to throw things at them. But exactly. Uh, so what I was going to ask you is, you know, we're missing restaurants so much right now. And I just love going out to eat. And there are certain spots in New York that I've been fortunate enough to eat at, like a Rayo's or some different places where there's, it's like a who's who, right? But like, there's some like famous watering holes in New York City. A lot of that have like closed down. What was I know, like- so sad. I well, I saw a few of them that I used to go to all the time that are all closed. Yeah, so I like very is- dive bars. Like I'm a big dive bar fanatic. I love like a watering hole, especially when you were single in New York. Yeah. You wanted to be able to go to a place where you felt safe and everybody knew you yep. and that, you know, you created this like little family. And I used to bring like first dates to this Italian restaurant in village. His name was Vito. And I'd be like, yeah, let's go get a drink. You know, let's meet at this place. But, you know, it was a total setup because I knew everybody in there. <laughs> so I'd like bring the date up and my friend Vito would be like, hey, he's from Italy. He'd be like, hey, how are you? What would you like to have? You know, and then he'd be like, oh, Sukanya. Oh, I watch you all the time. How are you doing? And, you know, it's like, oh, is this your first date? And, you know, he, and he'd start probing all these questions. And I just Very used good. to love Ito for that. And in fact, when I met my husband, I took him there and they all in the back were like, that's it. Even they got me a good thumbs up, you know, so I knew vibe. like, you know, ah, maybe I got a good one here. Suki, I, uh, when I first started like online dating, I was living on Long Island and there's a place, the 7th Street Cafe in Garden City. And 
I probably for like five weekends in a row took a different girl there <laughs> and the same waiter, my buddy from high school, who I wasn't like super close with, but we knew each other, we played football together. He would wait on me like every time and he would just come in each time and see me with a different girl. And I was so afraid that he was going to be like, oh, it's nice to see you again to the girl thinking she was the one from before and it wasn't her. I would order like the same thing, you know, make sure it didn't mess my stomach up. So I would have <laughs> nothing in my teeth, you know, so I feel you on that one. OK, here's one cool story. So I was at CBS and it was after our Christmas party. I went out with two of the producers and I was like, let's go downtown. You know, let's go downtown. Let's go down to the West Village at the time. And so we were downtown at this one club and I was like, you know, I was just like, let's go somewhere different. I want to dance. I want to dance. So I can't tell you the full story because the place where we're at is pretty funny. But we went and ended up going to this other place. And the guy that was doing the velvet rope happened to be a morning show viewer. And he was like, all right, come on in, Suki. And then we sat next to a table with Mariah Carey. Wow. I mean, how cool was that? I mean, I was like out of my mind. Like, this is crazy. Was, Best there, just like ever. Wind? was there just like a wind machine? There was like wind. There were butterflies flying around. Yeah, Everything just smelled. Cleavage, it was just... It just smells so good. I mean, it just, you know, she just is just so good. You're like, oh my God, I love it. The other one that I really do remember is it was the Versace fashion show. And that was when Whitney just was like, kind of just married Bobby Brown, but things weren't going very well. I mean, this mm -hmm. was like the early nineties and she looked gorgeous. She had this like white fur Versace number on. It was pretty fantastic. And she was just... Sadly, she was a little out of her mind, you know, and it was very apparent that she was a little out of her mind. Those that two, was, though, I mean, Whitney. it wasn't a good interview because Bobby Brown got a little hectic with the New York press, but it was memorable. It was what memorable. I would like to say. That's cool. Though. Mariah has the reputation of just being the ultimate diva. Like, I mean, like everything it, has to be exactly the temperature, this and that. You think that's not necessarily no, true? No, no, no. It's true. And what I'd love to tell you is that, like, Back in the early 90s, late 90s, even the early 2000s, you would have the access to celebrity. Like it wasn't so cloak and dagger like it is now because people are so afraid of what's going to get out there, what's going to be, you know, misinterpreted. Sure. So that was kind of nice. And like for me, you just wanted to hang out and have a story. You didn't necessarily want to take the picture. I, we didn't even have cameras back then. Right. So, you know, you weren't walking around. I think it was like a flip phone and a beeper. <laughs> you know, it just was a really fun time to be in New York City. A lot of good memories. Some of them I don't remember, really. <laughs> right. Well, that's the, the funny thing. Some of the best times of your life that you want to remember, you tend not to. <laughs> but, but you know what? I am not like so phased by celebrity, I guess, because, you know, just, you know, growing up around and seeing and being on the other side when you're on the other side with the mic flag. Right. You get a different sense of celebrity than right. I think you would if you were a true fan. Right. Like, I think if I saw Oprah Winfrey, I'd probably like, you know, fall off a couch and be like, wow, that's incredible. Yeah. But, you know, meeting her best friend, Gail King, was just as incredible because, you know, that's like one step closer to Oprah Winfrey. <laughs> it's, it's the levels. You guys. It's the levels. It's the levels. I'm up to Gail. Where are you? Oh, I'm up to. Uh, <laughs> oh, boy. But Gail was so gracious and nice and fun. I did a charity event once where God bless, you know, he was still alive back then, but I did a charity event with Iman and what was fantastic was that David Bowie came to pick her up after it. And we, really? I was standing outside waiting for a cab 
And she was just kind of being as gracious as possible. And like David Bowie rolled up and, you know, picked her up. I mean, I thought that was kind of sweet. Like, you know, just, oh, wow. Like, is that yeah. incredible? I was like, that was, that was David Bowie, everybody. Let me ask you before we kind of wrap this up here. You're not shy about your libido if you think somebody's attractive. And I love that about you, Souk. Who was your childhood celebrity crush? I want to know if you ever got to meet them. And then I'm going to ask you about who you might have a thing for right now. But let's okay. talk about childhood crush. Childhood celebrity crush was uh, Rick Springfield. Rick Springfield. Believe it or not, I had, I mean, when I was 11 years old, I mean, that was the height of, you know. Is that Jesse's girl? Laura. Rick Springfield sings Jesse. Um, Jesse's girl. Jesse's girl. Oh, and he was also a soap actor. Well, when I met him first, he was a soap actor that was General Hospital. So when I was like 11 years old, back in the days of Teen Beat and everything like that, I had a picture of Rick Springfield on my wall. Actually, it was framed and was on my bedside. My brother's girlfriend at the time had gotten it for me at back in the day when you had flea markets where they oh, would sure. do like all these cool things. Um, so yeah, that was definitely Rick Springfield. And that was 11 years old. My first crush was Michael Caracappa. He was in second grade and he gave me a picture of Jesus and I still wow. have it. So I still have it in my, like, I still have his picture of Jesus. That's that he adorable. Isn't he the I Michael Caracappa? I don't even know who he is. I haven't seen him since second grade, but Jesus. Yeah. Jesus was this guy, he, uh, <laughs> about 2000 years ago, kind of a big deal. <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> you could probably Google him. He's got a whole bunch of buildings that he came um, But Wait, then Suki, you met, but Rick Springfield. We met, yes. Was just on met. the show recently, but I didn't uh, know you played it cool. You played it cool when Scott said Rick Springfield's coming on the show. You were just like, oh, I love Rick Springfield. Yeah, because you didn't want to weird it. him out. I mean, he's like sort of, you know, he's on a different level. Like, you know. <laughs> different level. Yes, he he's on a different level and you don't want to weird them out like, oh, my God. I told him I had a picture of him on his my wall and I was like, right. and he was kind of like, oh, like just like every other woman I meet, you know, like I didn't realize your age was such a, age. I know about like Cassidy and Davy Jones and like that's too early. Like that. That's too before my time. That's then like I thought like growing that's, up in that's the, Scott's age group. I thought growing up in the <laughs> 80s, it was like, you know, I'm like Duran Duran, the police. I'm like new wave, you know, I'm 85. That's like that's me. Do you know who I also loved? I loved Matthew Broderick because of the movie. What? Ferris Bueller's Day, Day Off. Off. Yeah, sure. I thought he was like cool. Like I wanted to date a guy like that in high school and like growing up in New York, you only had Guidos and, you know, you can't, I don't even know if you can say that word anymore. Well, uh, you probably, you know what? No one seems to care about Italians rights <laughs> or anything. You ever notice like stereotypes? I'm part Italian. I'm not offended, but Joey Tribbiani, any Travolta character ever, Every Italian is always dumb and horny and like, hey, oh, and if that was any other group of people, it would be offensive. But we're just like, you know, supposed to take it, I guess. But you can call me a Guido anytime. Well, back in the days, I mean, there was like, you know, I grew up in predominantly and I say it with much affection. I grew up in a very Italian, Irish, African-American, you know, it was like that was school. That was just school. And so like, you know, through osmosis, you know, there was very few Indians growing up through osmosis. You were attracted to certain kind of men. <laughs> of course. Hey, you know what? I mean, hey. it happens. Uh, Guido's and Rick Springfield. Who's got your eye today? I know you're a happily married woman, but I know, you know, it's a celebrity. It's kind of different. Is there anybody out there right now that. I mean, it's like the Holy Grail, right? Brad Pitt. I mean, that's definitely one of them. Um, is it right there. OK. What is his name? Caviezel. Are you uh, thinking of. Henry Superman? Cavill or you Cavill, there you Jim go. Caviezel. There you go. Yeah. Henry Cavill, not Jim Caviezel. 
Maybe Jim Caviezel too. Caviezel is like he was in Frequency. He played. Yep, 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 he played yep. Jesus. You might know yep. that guy Jesus. Yep. From the picture, but Henry Cavill, Superman. Uh, Henry Cavill is definitely a, a plus. You know, I had a Starbucks employee once tell me I looked like. Cavill. <laughs> I could see that. So, and my mom, which is kind of weird. All right, so yeah, look, you, I'm yeah, not. You've got lie those to juicy lips. You've got like the juicy lips. My I'm son has those like very full lips too. I'm a. Scotty has no lips. God has no lips. No. He's got a big mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I am a, a happily heterosexual man. Uh, I'm in a relationship going on three years. Very nice. Now, I'm, I'm happy when you're getting yet. married. Oh, hey, well, that's not. That's a different show. <laughs> but uh, Henry Cavill is a good-looking son of a bitch. I'm not going to lie. And I've always yeah. uh, Superman is like I love Superman. So it's just like, how can you beat Superman? I'm, I'm more of yeah. a Superman than a. Ba- are you more of a in general with guys? Are you more of a Superman? Or a Batman? Do you like just the good, the clean cut, or are you more like he's got a dark side? He's a bad. No, I don't boy. need dark side. I have enough. You yeah, know, no, no. I've I've dated too many men with dark side. I want the clean. <laughs> I want the straightforward. I want the straight and narrow. I also I like that. like Idris Elba. That's kind of fun. Mm. Oh, that's kind of fun. Well, there. See, that's the you got the African American component yeah. from growing see, up. See, I'm an equal time. opportunity lover. Like I just love men. I mean, you know, if you're a singer, that's good too. Like I think right. that's. Fantastic. I mean, like a guy like Blake Shelton, where you could just kind of like, I know he's tall. Check. That's exciting. Check. Tall. Um, What's the checklist? Tall. Jason Momoa is beautiful. Aquaman. I'm seeing a superhero theme here. Let me guess. Chris Pratt, Chris Evans, Chris Hemsworth. The Chris's. Chris Hemsworth. Chris Pratt, too. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. yeah totally just dissed. But see, I'm not like, uh, you know, Ryan Gosling or Ryan. Yeah, Brian, who cares? Yeah, no, as a guy, not... you always mispronounce the name anyway, so to take his power away. Oh, what's his but... name? Brian? Yeah, it's Ryan. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> it's the oldest shit. They're all beautiful. You wouldn't toss any of them out of bed. You'd be very, very, uh, you know, they're all beautiful. Oh, I, th- I think we're all beautiful, Suki, <laughs> but none more beautiful than you inside and out. And I want to ask you, you've got, I mean, every time I put on a network, a station, anything, I feel like I see you. So talk about what's exciting coming up. You are a celebrity. Where can people well, check you out for those who have a crush on you, Suki? Uh, uh, listen, we've got the Suki and Scott show, which airs Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Right now we're on our Facebook page. Follow us on Instagram and all the social media channels. Then I also work for TLC Discovery Plus. So hopefully more shows will be coming out. Right now I'm working on Love Games, which is sort of a spinoff to 90 Day Fiance. It's a game show slash tell all slash have fun. You know, just another nuanced show that features your favorite characters. And I get to kind of be the leader of the band and direct where the show goes. And then Find Love Live. I don't know if it's ever going to come back, but it was a lot of fun doing it. Uh, and it was just a virtual show where I was, we were dating live on TV. And that was the first foray for TLC to get involved in something that was live. Listen, you never know what you're going to do uh, and you never know what's going to happen. And right now I'm really just happy where I am. And I think I'm supposed to be right here right now. So on this I'm content show with that, on the show with you, on this show, on talk of fame, this on this talk is, of fame, this is exactly on talk of fame. where you're supposed to be. You're the best. Love you to death. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, when you do check out Suki and Scott 730 on uh, Facebook live during the week, you might see me because they're gracious enough to have me come on and do a little bit of comedy. I do some impersonations. And sometimes I even sing, I keep away from a run around Suki. I said, oh, whoa, whoa. And Suki was hitting some notes the other day. And I can't wait to hear her sing Rick Springfield. It's really. <laughs> You're going to have to keep waiting. 
Suki, thanks so much for being on the show. I hope you had a you good time. You got it. Well, you got it. All the best to you. Thank you. All right, guys, that was Sukanya Krishnan. Uh, I love her. She's just one of those people that you just find yourself smiling when you're talking to her. She's just, she's beautiful. She's, she's got a bubbly personality. She just, just puts you in a good mood. I don't know. I just, I, I love it. You got to get your daily dose of Suki. So check her out on, uh, on Suki and Scott on 90 Day Fiance, Love Games, Discovery Plus, and on uh, hopefully Find Love Live gets picked up on TLC for another season because it was uh, it was actually super popular and very, very addicting. So thanks to Suki for that. Now it's time for Tales from the Fans. Uh, as you know, at the end of each show, we're going to read stories submitted by you guys to us on social media and at our website uh, about your encounters with celebrities because this is about you. It's about the fans. We hit up the celebrities and we also hit up the fans to get your perspective, our perspective. I'm a fan as well. So this one comes to us from Brian Cox. I believe he might be from Canada. I'm not sure. I'm seeing a Canada and a US address here. Brian says, hey, Will, it was my first celebrity interview at a new radio station. All right. So he's a radio host. They asked me to interview Charlie Daniels of The Devil Went Down to Georgia fame. I did weeks of prep for this big interview. I was so nervous when he walked into the studio. We sat down. The producer gave me the sign that we were live. And I opened nervously with the question, Charlie, tell us about the devil went down on Georgia. (laughs) Instead of to Georgia, he said down on Georgia. A little different meaning there. He looked at me with a half smile on his face. Just then I realized what I had said. My face went through every shade of red. We became fast friends and stayed in touch till his death. Wow. That's very interesting story. Brian Cox. I mean, that's, isn't that just kind of, that's what what happens when you meet people that you're infatuated with or that you just, you know, you idolize, you get nervous and you wonder like, you want to say the right thing and then the wrong thing comes out. It's happened to everybody. I mean, I've heard, I've heard celebrities tell stories like that. Uh, Martin Short, he used to sing Frank Sinatra every single day of his life. He finally met Frank Sinatra. If you know me, you'll know there's always going to be Sinatra stories, but he finally met Sinatra. And I think Sinatra even maybe knew who he was. He was on SNL at the time and they were at a bar and Frank says to Marty, do you want a drink or what are you drinking? He's like, whatever you're drinking. Okay, Jack Daniels. Okay, great. Jack Daniels, right? Sinatra was a big Jack Daniels guy. He's buried with a bottle or a flask of Jack Daniels, the nectar of the gods, as he called it. And so Sinatra says to Martin Short, he goes, do you want it straight up or on the rocks? But Martin Short was so nervous and he was just trying to compute what was happening in his life at this moment, meeting his idol, that he thought he said, do you want it straight up or relaxed? So Martin Short answers back, uh, relaxed. And Sinatra was like, relaxed? The hell are you talking about? I said, straight up, we're on the rocks. Like what? And Martin Short just always regretted that he screwed up in this one short, brief moment that he had with Frank Sinatra. And we've all done that, I think, you know, in front of a celebrity. I have a story like that, or I have a bunch of stories like that. Bill Burr is one of my all time favorite comedians, maybe my all time favorite comedian. And I was at the stand and he was there. And I was like, wow, I have to meet him. I have to get a picture with him. You know, I, I don't always go up to people. I kind of just try to be a little bit more chill about it, but I wanted to get a picture with him. So we were hanging out at the stand and he's there talking to a group of like three or four girls. I knew one of the girls. So as they're having a conversation and they're laughing, I'm doing the thing where like you're trying to like slowly tiptoe your way into the circle, even though you're not really a part of it, you know? And I'm just like, <laughs> I'm trying to time my laughter to make it like all of a sudden I'm just like through osmosis becoming part of the group and I would be accepted. So I'm still on like the fringe of the circle. There's a little bit of a break. I know he doesn't live in New York, 
So instead of being like, Hey, Bill, I'm a huge fan. Can I get a picture? I wanted to come at it from like a different approach because they always, I think maybe that can be annoying. So there's a break in the conversation and I go, uh, so Bill, how long are you in town? And immediately he just looks at me and he goes, who the F are you? And I mean, he didn't, I don't, you know, I don't really like dropping F-bombs on the air, but he said the, obviously the F word, <laughs> he goes, who the F are you? And everyone, all the girls start laughing at me and my whole body shrivels up. And then he goes, what are you, an effing cop? And I'm just like, oh my God, I, I screwed this up. And now I'm just standing there like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, like Ralph Cramden. And then I just decided to appeal to like his sympathy and just play the total I'm sorry card. I was like, oh, you know. So I, I'm just, you know, uh, a fan and, and I just wanted to know if you were performing at all. And then he kind of saw that I like was a dog with my tail between my legs. And he was like, ah, oh, no, I'm, I'm leaving tomorrow. And he was cool. And then I was like, oh, I can't believe I just got razzed by Bill Burr. And I kind of made it into like a funny moment or whatever. But it was embarrassing when you say something or do something in front of, you know, someone that you idolize and it's not perfect, you know? And I, I mean, he's, I'm sure he's a great guy. He was just being funny and then whatever. And you never know what kind of mood you catch somebody in. But for me, I was like, oh, this is pretty embarrassing. So Anyway, keep hitting us up with your stories, everybody. Uh, you can tell us your celebrity encounters on talkoffamepodcast.com. Also hit me up personally on social media at Will Presti. Your story could be the next one on the show. As always, check out Talk of Fame wherever you get your podcasts and at talkoffamepodcast.com. I'm so grateful for the support and enthusiasm that I'm seeing from you guys right now. Keep tuning in. We have a lot of great guests coming up with a lot of amazing stories to tell. Hope to see you guys again next week. Thank you.